morning, crypto. Good morning, warriors. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from a top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We got the Italian stallion, Mr. Johnny Crypto. Gonzo, also known as Super Super G's in the building. And I, and I want to give a shout out to the live chat morning because we, we got a question for you, for you guys as well. Today, we will be discussing House Hodgkinson is slamming the SEC, telling them that, that the unfair regulation needs to be stopped in the USA. While Bitcoin could be exposed for a 51% hack, or at least he explains how it's possible. And with the largest financial firms on the planet in the process of turning digital, we're going to show you how XRP and Ripple are involved in all of the conversations, with DBS now leveraging the XRPL for XRP transactions. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcasts, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So, Johnny Crypto, we got a bunch of exciting news to get into. And you know what's great? I'm back at home today. So it's a home-based episode. How you feeling, my friend? And thanks for being here. I'm feeling great. Glad you're home. And good morning to all the Warrior Maniacs out there. We love and appreciate you guys for showing up every single day. And Gonzo, great to see you too, brother. Can't wait to hop into it. Thank you, Johnny and Gonzo. You saw the Charles Hoskinson video. A lot of people are calling it shocking. I'm calling it long overdue. But how you feeling, my friend? Thanks for being here. I'm feeling outstanding. Good morning, everybody. Good afternoon or good evening, depending on where you are in the world. But, man, just super excited to be here. Last week was a great week. I'd be with you guys pretty much almost every day. And then so kind of back to the old schedule. But, yeah, man, it's going to be a, a great show. It's going to be an exciting day today, guys. And we're going to start this thing off the same way we always do by checking out the Good Morning Crypto Twitter account. That is at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. Go smash that follow button for updates all throughout the day. When we check out some of our daily movers this morning, Johnny Crypto, it is fairly green across the board. We got Solana up 3%, XLM up almost 2%, Cardano up 1%, but Wrapped Ethereum down nearly 9% on the day. We've also got Flare Token and Doge up 3% and XRP up 1%. When we check out our total coin market cap this morning, we are sitting at 1.41 trillion in total market cap. Bitcoin is 52% dominant. Ethereum is about 17%. We've got Bitcoin sitting at 37,300. Ethereum is 2,020. We've also got XRP back above 60 cents, trading at 61 cents this morning. Solana is $55 and Cardano despite the Charles video, is trading at $0.38, cents, guys. And we already got 186 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Thank you for being here. We're going to start this thing off. Believe me, we are going to get into the Charles Charles video because this was this was circulating on Twitter, and it got over 1.5 million views on the original post that was where he did his speaking. But I'd actually like to start with a different video, guys. We're going to start with a clip of Brad Garlinghouse, not only discussing why regulation is so important, but why people like Charles should have been concerned two years ago. To add a bit of controversy to this, I I still think there is an underlying uh, segment of the crypto world that is so anti-regulation and you know uh, all about anonymity. All of in my judgment, if we want this industry to thrive and achieve, I think what it can to fundamentally rewire how financial infrastructure works, we can't pretend that like government regulation doesn't matter. And I still think, you know, I think frankly, one of the problems in the United States is you have even within the industry infighting 
right? You've got these various uh, you know, lobbying organizations in the United States, in Washington, D.C., with lots of members of the crypto community, and they all don't agree. And so, you know, if, I mean, I've been to Capitol Hill. I'm sure maybe both of you have as well. You go to a senator or representative's office, and there have been two other crypto people in there earlier in the day saying different things than what I'm saying. And it, like, there's some basic things I feel like we have to agree. If we want that progress, we have to agree on some basic things. And I think, you know, I still do find categories of the crypto community fighting some of these basic regulatory frameworks. It, you know, AML is going to matter. KYC is going to matter. And if, you, if you're taking the point of view that we're going to circumvent those things, that, that's not the industry I see out five and 10 years from now that really is thriving and growing. Because uh, I think that, that just gives fuel to the fire for politicians who do like to, you know, just make noise uh, and they don't understand you know, what's going on in crypto or what brought down FTX. And we were still talking about FTX back then, Johnny, but this is a, this was an event called token 2049 that was hosted in August of this year. I think there's a lot that's, that's changing before our eyes. And I do think Charles is finally coming around and he's going to join the XRP army. We're going to see people from Bitcoin, Ethereum, Cardano, XRP, all the communities will be coming together because that's what's best for the industry. And I think we're starting to see that right now. But before we get into all that, I'd love to start with you before we kick it to Gonzo. What do you think about what Brad Garlinghouse had to say and how that plays into what's happening right now? Well, I think Brad just gave you the insights of what's going on behind the scenes and why it's been so hard to get this thing to come through. As he's going and saying one thing, and then the next guy is going and saying another. And the poor congressman already confused. I don't want to say poor, but <laughs> that's far from that. But, uh, you know, they're confused. And then they've got people coming in here and saying different things that is not going to make it easy to progress and move this, this whole industry forward, especially if they're posting things like KYC. There's no way this industry is going to move forward until we get KYC. Now, I know the whole intention of it is to, to not have KYC and to have it decentralized, and but it's just not going to happen. So the sooner people just recognize and hop into that and AML and all the you know, anti-money laundering is what that stands for. Until the industry and these guys, these players come together, it's a problem. It's a problem. And he's calling it out. Good for him. Hopefully, the sooner the guys realize that they all come together, the sooner they'll get regulation, the sooner the whole industry can move forward because you're not going to get it if you don't get that clearity. Because you don't get clarity, look what happens. The SEC is going to come after you. You so, know what's interesting, Johnny, is that we always talk about you move the masses through fear, right? And what is happening right now in the crypto market the regulators are moving the biggest players through fear. Why is Charles Hoskinson finally speaking up against the incumbents, against the regulators in the market? That's because they're coming after his project. Just remember this, guys. A couple of weeks ago during the Binance lawsuit, Cardano was listed as an alleged security. That's why he's so motivated to talk right now. At least that's from my perspective. But Gonzo, before we even play the clip, what sticks out to you? Yeah, I think Brad Garlinghouse is 100% spot on. Like we see this, this tribalism, this, this attitude in crypto where one blockchain has to fail for yours to succeed. And it's just not a, not, it, it's just not a, uh, I don't want to say mature way to think, but if we want this to become the 12th sector and we want this to evolve, we need to get out of that mindset. One project does not have to fail for another to succeed. Everyone is going to find their niche and what they're good at. Right. And then, and that's how like, you know, it's a good business model to rise to the top and bad business models fall away, right? Um, I think the other thing too is that um, we're not going to get around the, the KYC AML thing, right? When it comes to banking, 
it's 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 these laws that um, if again if we want the the this to turn into the 12th sector you're going to have to comply with certain rules and that's just one of them because they're going to want to know where your money is you're going to have to pay your taxes and there's just no way around it right and so we want the asset class to evolve like that's what needs to get done I agree with you, Gonzo, and I think that's already in the process of happening right now. We got 270 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button, and please answer the live chat question today because we will be addressing it at the end of the show. But this is the video that was circulating on Twitter yesterday as Cardano founder Charles Hodgkinson went off on the SEC and Gary Gensler, as well as Bitcoin for getting a free pass in the USA. Now, what's really interesting here is that while Cardano, XRP, and other top 20 cryptos have to suffer... We're watching Bitcoin be given a free pass. And it's players like Charles that are finally speaking up and saying, we've had enough. It's time for a fair market. With that being said, guys, here's the clip and we'll talk about it. Come in and say it's a security. Okay, well, what the hell does that mean if it's decentralized? How, how does Bitcoin register? Oh, but it's not. Then explain to me the fucking difference between Bitcoin and Ethereum and Cardano and the rest of the game. Explain it to me. Like I'm five years old. Run the goddamn Howie test on it and show me the difference between the two. Tell me, is there an expectation of return with the goddamn orange pill moon boys? It's there. <laughs> There's so many different planks and angles that you can take a look at this thing from. And by the way, if you subpoena an attack about three different entities, you could perform a 51% attack on Bitcoin because- Okay, we have to pause it there because that clip really stuck out to me. So what did Charles just say? If you per, if you attack three entities, you can attack Bitcoin at a 51% hash rate. Here's the evidence to prove it. And this is a tweet from Richard Hart. He said, you can 51% attack Bitcoin by sending a court order to just two companies, actually, Antpool and Foundry. These two companies alone make up over 53% of the Bitcoin hash rate. And to me, that sounds like the opposite of decentralization. We have a monopoly law in the United States. A company is supposed to be disbanded if they get to 51% dominance or more in their market. Well, what do we see with the iPhone, guys? 51% of Americans have an iPhone. We haven't dispelled that monopoly. So I don't think anyone's going to be taking down Bitcoin due to this hash rate. But I do think it's worthy of note. What do you think, Gonzo? You know, look, what here's my thing where was charles when ripple was getting like of course he's passionate about it now right because it has been listed in these lawsuits where were you when you know ripple was being attacked and we needed everyone to kind of come together and stand behind ripple right but that's been adjudicated and now like you're in the in, in the in the crosshairs right and so they're all throwing shade at each other it's the same thing right yeah like there you you can't argue the fact that as it gets more expensive to um to mine bitcoin some of these companies that make bad moves get absorbed by the bigger company and it starts to get more centralized when it comes to mining. But does that mean that actually Bitcoin is centralized? I mean, you're always going to find a, a weakness, an attack point for any of these blockchains, right? What is truly decentralized? We need to have kind of like that definition. But my thing is this, like he's, he's pissed off. I get it, right? Like compared to like where these other projects have gone, since you know we've come out of this bear market ada has not done well right i mean he's watching solana where they were talking hella shit about it last year where you know saying it was going to go to zero doing the moves that it's done seeing that ecosystem blow up right now i'm not saying that ada won't do well in the next bull run because i think it will but i mean basically you know where was he at before like it's easy to speak up now right and then richard hart like dude it is what it is bro you're promoting bull chain 
like, is anyone here invested in Pulse Chain? No. No, no right. and I'm not a huge fan of somebody who's running from the United States government. But right. we got 303 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And believe it or not, Johnny, that's what I found to be most important in that clip. But what did you think was most important about what Charles had to say? He went after Bitcoin. He went after the unfair regulation. But this hash rate, that's what really stuck out to me because nobody talks about this. Even guys like Anthony Pompliano will not address this type of information. And I've got an old clip from Riz XRP, one of our friends, Johnny, who's showing that Pompliano and these players may intentionally not be paying attention to that type of information. But you let me know what stuck out to you and we'll talk about it. Well, I mean, one of the things, obviously, he's a bit bitter right now because he's under attack and he, he probably should have seen it coming. But regardless, nonetheless, um, you know, whenever you talk about the Howie test and going after Bitcoin and that Bitcoin's a tough one because, you know, what's the entity that that's running? So the question becomes those companies there that make up 51 percent. I think it was two whatever founder and aunt. Ooh, whatever the hell they're called. Um, did they make promissory um, advertisements that, you know, if you invest in Bitcoin, that you're going to make gains? Who knows if they did or not? They're miners. So did they do that? If they did, and, and yeah, then maybe theoretically you could. I don't know if they did or didn't, but there's a lot of facts that have to go into play in terms of meeting the Howey test, right? And if you don't- One quick comment on that. What about the fact that they're- they're solely investing in these companies because they're Bitcoin miners, which means, no, 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 let me finish, which means they're expecting a profit solely off the increase in price. Ooh, of Bitcoin. Who, who's they? The investors. Uh, the, 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 the investors who are accumulating Bitcoin through their acquisition of Antpool or Foundry USA. But are those publicly traded companies? Because some of the mining companies are securities. They're right. publicly traded companies. Exactly. Exactly. So it all depends on that's why the facts matter here. You can't just come out and spit this stuff out like Charles did without having the facts. I don't know the details on Antpool and Founder to know if they were promising people gains or if they, you know, if they had their own money and they raised it and how they raised it and, and what promises they made. Who knows? Who knows how that was all done? So it's really hard to say, you know, Bitcoin's a tough one to go after because of the fact of how, you know, how, how it was, um, how it was done and, and you know put out there and who knows if there was promissory when it was first launched now we know for a fact ethereum did you know we know that what's his name came out and literally said oh yeah invest in us and you're gonna get gains in that vitalik so so ethereum he's right about that one why did they why did they get a free pass that's a great question and you know we know the answer because it's it's who you know not what you know and, and charles don't have doesn't have the right connections apparently so I Absolutely, Johnny. I agree with you. And we're going to play this again. I want to get immediate comments. Give me a thumbs up when you want to pause. Here we go. Say it's a security. Okay, well, what the hell does that mean if it's decentralized? How, how does Bitcoin register? Oh, but it's not. Then explain to me the fucking difference between Bitcoin and Ethereum and Cardano and the rest of the gang. Explain it to me. Like I'm five years old. Run the goddamn Howie test on it and show me the difference between the two. Mm -hmm. Tell me. Is there an expectation of return with the goddamn orange pill moon boys? <laughs> and then that's what is important. So the expectation of return doesn't even come through the company. It comes through the fact that they think the asset is going to increase in value. What do you think about that? No, it has to come through the company. It, if you're going to prosecute a company, that company has to have made a promise for a return. And the question is, 
who made the prompts? Who made it? Who knows? I don't know. I don't have the details to know if Ant Pool went out and said, hey, invest in us. We're going to raise money. We're going to build miners and you're going to get this return. If they did that, then that's checkbox number one. Now, there's three other parts of the Howie test you have to go through. You know, was there a contract and, you know, and, and, and obviously a promise for a return and all that. But Charles is right. I would love for the SEC to sit down and go through the Howie test on each one of them and say, this is how why it needs it or this is why it doesn't. You know, we know Hinman came out and said that ETH was a security because it was sufficiently decentralized. I don't even know what the hell that means, sufficiently decentralized. Charles is right. Come out and define it. Say, what does that mean? What does that mean, sufficiently decentralized? What is that number? Is it 51%? What's the freaking number? Give us something. But if they did, then it would be too easy for people to judge. It'd be too easy for people to know what is and what isn't, and they couldn't prosecute. So you're not going to get the number. It ain't going to happen. So you get till you get regulation. It's not going to happen, and you're always going to have this, this, this roundabout discussion, and you're going to get people like Charles pissed off, and he rightfully has it has it. He's not in the wrong here to be pissed off because he's trying to figure out what is and what is the security. But nobody will give the answer because if they do, then, then there's going to be some clarity. And obviously we know the SEC has not been willing to give that clarity yet. Every time Gary gets answered the question, is he the security? He dances like a, like a, like a, like, like he's at a prop. You know? Yeah. And it's like Brad Garlinghouse said, regulators love uncertainty because that's what gives them the most power. It's exactly. very simple. Exactly. So I want to get your thoughts on this as well, because this part of the article is what caught my attention. Frederick Raspoli, a good friend of the show, tweeted out the full list of crypto asset securities as alleged by the SEC. Now we're just going to focus on one here. Cardano taking center stage. So it's no question why Charles is this fired up. But what is your response before we play the end of the clip? Yeah, you I mean Cody's in there too. It's in their ecosystem. I don't think they're securities. You know, uh, we saw that video from Jay Clayton. You know, these are technologies. And bottom line is that the SEC doesn't have any business regulating these unless they get packaged that way, right? Because anything, we know this, anything can be considered security. It all depends on how you package it, right? But the technology itself is not a security. We've seen that already in the XRP ruling, right? And in, in some of her decisions. And so we really just need Congress to step in and ag actually give us some type of regulation and definitions so that we don't keep doing this back and forth thing. But I, I do not believe that ADA is a, is a security. Um, and you know what? Remember what it did in the last bear market. It was down at that two, three cents level forever, right? I, I mean, and, and, it, and it's just shitty, right? Like it's bled to Bitcoin. If you look at the Bitcoin ADA uh, pair, right? It literally just made a new low a few weeks ago, right? I understand that the USDT price has moved up a little bit, but the Bitcoin pairing has made a new low just a few weeks ago. And so, you know, it's going to have its time to shine, just like all the other altcoins. I'll remind people that the only reason our altcoins are pumping right now is because Bitcoin did it first, right? When we came out of that bear market at 15.8 to where we're at now, Bitcoin led the charge and now all the altcoins are catching up. So when people fade Bitcoin, just remember that it makes the move first and then everything else comes behind it. Will it always be that way? Probably not, right? There's going to, as we get regulation and, and these things settle, maybe we're going to get something different, but that's what we are. That, that's what we're doing now, right? All right, guys, we're going to close this whole clip out. Here's two minutes and 30 seconds of Charles Hodgkinson sharing his entire take on U.S. regulation, the SEC, and Bitcoin's free pass. It's there. 
There's so many different planks and angles that you can take a look at this thing from. And by the way, if you subpoena an attack, about three different entities, you could perform a 51% attack on Bitcoin because that's the way the hash power works. But it's decentralized, apparently. And Team Orange gets a complete pass. It's a pathetic fucking joke. It's an absolutely pathetic joke. You know, and it, it would be it would be funny if not for the fact that hundreds of millions of dollars of legal fees have been exhausted in this Pyrrhic war that's being fought on the industry. And they'll lose court case after court case, as they already have, and will continue. And then at some point, it'll stop. There will not be an apology. There's not going to be any money that comes back. And we'll just move on, like we did with the Kennedy assassination. We'll just move on, like we did with Vietnam. We'll just move on like we did with Iraq and Afghanistan. We'll just move on like we're doing right now with COVID. We'll just move on like we did with all the things that have happened the last 50, 60, 70 years in the United States history. It has to stop. It honestly has to stop. Why do I praise libertarians come in? Because the only people that seem to think, the, the, the only people seem to improve the situation, the people that are unraveling the government. It's not accountable anymore. People harm people. They get away with it and they just move on and nothing changes. I'm tired of it. I think our industry is tired of it. The entire reason cryptocurrencies exist is not because somebody woke up and said, man, tokens on the internet is such a good idea. The entire reason cryptocurrencies exist is that we're trying collectively to reestablish the social contract because the social contract is horrifically broken. If the people in charge are unelected, unaccountable, and don't ever have to prove to us, the beneficiaries of the public trust, that they're doing good for us. And when they screw up, nothing happens to them. They get a promotion. They get elected to higher office. And we just have to move on as a society. That is for the people, by the people, of the people. That is something else. Shout out to Charles. And although we typically disagree, the man is spitting facts here. But what I do want to say is that a couple of things. Let me put a little bit of criticism on Charles. Too little, too late, my friend. If you had come around two and a half years ago and decided that you were going to be for the better of the entire industry, that would be a completely different set of circumstances than waiting until the SEC lists your project on an alleged securities list and then going on a tirade like this on Twitter. So Charles is clearly brilliant clearly a leader in this space, clearly knows the best minds in this space and is probably one of them. But one of the things he's not doing is get ahead in the ball. He's waiting for, for regulation. He's waiting for Gary Gensler to say, you know what, Charles, you know what, uh, Vitalik Buterin, you guys are okay. You can now fundraise in the United States, but we're going to set your competitors aside. And that's what he was hoping for with Ripple. He would have been completely fine if Ripple was considered a security and Cardano was considered something otherwise. I guarantee that. And I think this clip only doubles down on it. But Johnny, I want to start with you. We'll kick it to Gonzo. What did you take away from Charles' three-minute clip? I, I, I completely disagree with you. And I agree with this guy. It's never too late. I think it's smart. And the other question I have is, all right, name some other cryptocurrency leaders that came out and made a big deal when XRP got sued. I don't remember hearing too many other ones coming out. And I don't see you bashing them. But you're bashing Carl Charles, and Charles is the only one who's not afraid to speak up. So I, I don't, I don't. Have a was it rhetorical or real? Question? No, I'm serious. Who else came out? What other leaders came out 
Here's what I would say. Made Ming, a big deal here's about what I XRP being sued. And now your argument is, well, I'm gonna, I'm not happy with Charles because he didn't come out and say anything. Well, who else came out and say anything? In fact, look at what they all did. They all ran away from XRP as fast as they could. Coinbase, Kraken, Binance, they all dropped it. They all ran away. Nobody wanted to play. Nobody said nothing. And now, Charles, you know, you're right. He got attacked, and now he's speaking up. Good for him. He should speak up, and I think anybody else should. But I don't think we should attack Charles and say, you know, oh, well, it's too little too late. No. Nobody else said anything anyway. At least he's saying something. The ones who are under attack now, you even hear them speaking up? I don't hear him speaking up now. So I don't have a problem with it all. Good for Charles. I hope he's the voice of it. Keep speaking out because at the end of the day, somebody needs to do it or nothing's going to happen. So Got to respond here, guys, because you know I come prepared. And I think the only reason that Charles is even speaking up right now is because he's been now been attacked by the SEC. So why what? are you? So what? what? So what? So why should he not? So the you're ignorance. Speaking... You're saying he shouldn't speak up? That no, I'm no saying sense. I'm saying I'm not going to give him a kudos now that the gun is on his back. Okay, don't give him kudos. Fine, I don't care whether you give him kudos or not. I'm glad. Can we all know. just get along? Uh, just, <laughs> no, I'm words. I know. Look, well, look it, it goes back to the original argument that we made at the, at the beginning, right? That like this whole mindset, and I think that maybe that's not his mindset now, right? Is I think Johnny's point is, is that. Before it was like uh, winner take all. It was like, well, that's not my problem. That's your problem, right? And 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 the 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 asset class should have been joined together, and they didn't, right? And so that doesn't mean that they can't change that. And and it really needs to stop the tribalism and the that that whole mentality that that project has to fail for this one to succeed. There was a comment that um, somebody made in the in the chat earlier talking about how these these projects are going to combine. Absolutely, we're already seeing that, like in Ethereum, right? We're seeing these layer ones that are now becoming layer twos for Ethereum because they're going to use Ethereum security. They're going to settle on Ethereum, but their data availability happens on their chain. So near is one, silos. You're going to start to see these layer ones start to consolidate and go to other projects and then combine as one, right? And, and so, and, and I think that needs to happen, right? Because the more divided that we are, the more that the SEC or that regulators are going to take advantage of the confusion and we'll never turn this into the 12th sector. And I think that me and Johnny actually agree. We're just getting caught up in the nuances here because one of the things that we differ on is our opinion of Charles. But one of the things that we agree on is I don't think you think ADA is a security. I genuinely don't think ADA is a security. And that much we agree on, my friend. But let's talk about the truth of this whole ordeal is that when Brad Garlinghouse was attacked, when Chris Larson was attacked, when Ripple was attacked, Charles sat silent. When he wasn't silent, he was endorsing the SEC. And I know you remember this. Last December, Charles tweeted out my account and he said something very insulting about the XRP army. What did he say? He said, we need to relax and we need to give up the conspiracies. None of this is a conspiracy now, Charles. So what do you have to say for yourself? I'll let Johnny Crypto, aka your spokesperson, take the floor. I am not his spokesperson at all. I'm just saying I got no problem with him coming out and saying what he said and calling the SEC out and saying, tell us the difference between BTC, Ethereum, Cardano, XRP. Tell us how or how they don't meet the Howey test. Anybody who disagrees with that, I don't know where you are. Your head's in the sand. I have no problem with Charles coming out and saying that. That's all I'm saying. Gonzo, I want to hear some closing thoughts, and I'm going to put a chat in the live. Somebody commented, we got to get a poll going. Do you agree with Johnny, or do you agree with Abs? 
That's what's great, guys. We're going to put it in the live chat and get some results. But Donzo Floor is yours. Yeah, he's not wrong, dude. Like, you know, like I was saying, these things are technologies, right? So, yeah, that is not unreasonable to ask the SEC for guidance on what makes this a security and what, why is this not, right? But when it comes down to it, what it is, is they want that gray area so they can come after whatever project they want, right? Because at the end of the day, like Johnny likes to say, it's a shakedown right? It's a shakedown for money. They shut down Kraken for 30 million and they're back for more, right? It's so it's a total shakedown, you know, until Congress comes in and gives actual rules of the road, we're going to continue to kind of have these problems and be in this kind of they fight you stage. And they're going to pick and choose winners. And we can hate it, love it, disagree, agree. That's the way that it's playing out. And this is always funny. Somebody commented my real name in the live chat. This must be a family member. I'm genuinely not sure. But we got 392 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And Johnny Crypto, what's exciting about these conversations, I think we learn from one another, right? I've learned from you that you love Charles and you love Cardano. And you learn from me how this market works. And I think that's what's so exciting about these debates is that, and I'm only teasing you, my friend, of course. But just give us a couple minutes here. We're going to close the Charles conversation and move on to something better. I want to show you guys a video of Anthony Pompliano and Brad Garlinghouse. This is in the midst of the bear market. And this clip was originally when Ripple had been sued by the SEC. Pompliano agreed to interview Brad Garlinghouse. And I remember being very excited for this, Johnny. I don't know if you watched this interview. What they were talking about is if the SEC can go after Ripple, they should be going after many other players in the market. And what Brad was arguing is that Bitcoin is a security and can be attacked because of its centralization. I'll let this clip really speak for itself, guys. Here we go. If what you're saying is you don't think the Chinese Communist Party could go to those four miners and say, hey, you need to do X, Y, and Z, I mean, I would, I'll ask you, is that is that the position that you're... Well, you're I, I'm trying to understand what your argument is in terms of you're saying that the Chinese Communist Party has the ability to essentially 51% attack the Bitcoin network. Well, for sure they do. Uh, I, I disagree with that for sure. All right, hold on. So wait, 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 time out, time out, time out, time out. Time out. Put, put a pin. Hold on, pause. <laughs> we, you, I know you well enough, and I think you know me well enough. We're not going to change each other's mind on this. So just put a pin in that one. Okay. Well, let me ask two questions. Okay. Do you think the Chinese Communist Party could, if they wanted to, control those four miners? No. <laughs> and I think that face really says a thousand words right there, Johnny. Floor's Oh, his face is right. I mean, Papliano is crazy. Of course they could control if they wanted to. <laughs> Obviously, Papliano has never been to China or doesn't know anything about China. Pomp doesn't doesn't know. But yeah, uh, they certainly, I think, could if they wanted to. But again, re regardless of that, I think at the end of the day, for me, I look at it as, you know, whether you want to bash Charles, love Charles, hate Charles, the point is, you want voices speaking up against the SEC. What, what you don't realize is if you think this is you versus Charles, then, you, then you're thinking, of, not you personally, but you in general, then you're thinking about it wrong. You want people speaking up against the SEC and calling them out. And there's not enough people doing it. Don't feel sorry for Charles. You don't have to. But then all you're allowing is the SEC to continue to dominate this space. So if you give me the SEC, you tell me them versus Charles, I'm going to stand in Charles' corner before I stand in the SEC's corner. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, you know, you can hate me. You can, dis you can disagree with me. But I'd much rather see guys like Charles. And actually, I'd like to see other voices speak up, too, up against the SEC rather than get behind the SEC. I can't. It's hard to get behind the SEC right now with what they're doing when these companies are going to them. They're approaching them. 
They're trying to get their product out there. They're trying to get clarity. And instead they walk out of there, pow, what they get slapped with a lawsuit instead. And so for that reason, you know, whether you love or hate Charles, you can't be pissed at the guy that he's pissed off that he's being sued by a company or an entity that won't tell people what a security is and isn't. I can't blame a guy for getting mad with that. I don't know. That's just how I Gonzo, I got to get your thoughts, but I want one quick question for Johnny Crypto here. Do Are you giving him credit for speaking now, or do you agree that the gun is on his back? He's got no other choice. Oh, yeah. There's no question that that's on his back. I mean, I'm not arguing that. I'm so just let saying, me ask you this. I'm just saying you- good for him for speaking up. Where are the rest of the other 13 companies that are being sued? Why aren't they? That's my follow-up. So let me ask you real quick. When the gun was on Coinbase's back, they got vocal. Grayscale, they got vocal. Ripple, they got vocal. I think when the, when, and I'm using a theoretical, not a real gun, guys. Let's call it a water gun here. When the water gun is on Charles and he doesn't want to get wet, I think it's going to happen to all of them. Who's the leader of Solana? Where's Richard Hart for Hex? Where are all these big players? Where's the the leader of file? Where's the leader of flow? Where are they? Why aren't they speaking up? What are they doing? I don't get it. They're building is what they're doing. They're putting their head down and they're building. Yeah. Right. Because that's that's how you get back at them. Right. Because yeah. like it, it doesn't like, yeah, they called ADA a security. They called Solana security too. Didn't seem to very uh, affect the price or some of the other projects. Right. Flow hasn't um, feared um, as bad. Um, but Algorand got crushed, but it's on its way back up. So, you know, they're, they're, we're in a phase of the market where the market is shaking this kind of stuff off. If we would have gotten these kind of news, these lawsuits after the FTX, Forget about it. We probably would have broke that 15.8 level and gone down lower, right? But the market is just shaking it off, right? The altcoin market is just shaking it off. So it's, I've said this analogy before, it's like the SEC has a gun and they're running out of bullets, right? And as they come out with these lawsuits or whatever they want to come out at, at the market with, the market just shakes it off, right? We had a little bit of a correction yesterday. We had a small correction when it came to the Binance thing, right? Think about what the Binance news would have done at the end of last year. And so the market is is just kind of shaking these things off and continuing on that uptrend. Absolutely, guys. And this is Stuart Alderati talking about how the SEC was intentionally fostering uncertainty in the USA. Uh, we also know that because the SEC has been working intentionally, at least since 2015, to force, foster greater uncertainty in the marketplace. And again, we have that from their internal emails. We know that the general counsel of the SEC advise senior officials at the SEC that they are fostering greater uncertainty rather than bringing clarity. And, and uh, George, I think you'll appreciate this point given the work you've, you do. Um, a regulator likes uncertainty because they can play with uncertainty by not defining the rules and therefore punish the market through this regulation by, in, by enforcement. Boom, and if only Charles had become uh, weary of that 12 months ago, 24 months ago, we would be patting him on the back right now. But now that he's got no choice but to defend himself, that's why I'm taking the stance that I'm taking, guys. Johnny Crypto, I'd love to get your take. Do you agree with Stuart Alderati? Putting the Charles information to the side, the SEC was found to be intentionally fostering uncertainty because it works in their favor. Of course. I mean, <laughs> we know. we. That's I've talked to many, many attorneys and asked them why documents are written the way they are. Why are things so vague? Why is there a gray area? And they tell you all the time, there's a gray area. Because that's how that's how <laughs> that's how the arguments that that keeps people employed. That's how jobs exist. Attorneys are needed and, and prosecutors are needed in the whole entire industry because things are great. If it was easy and it was a clear black and white answer, 
You don't need people to interpret. You don't need agencies to enforce. And therefore, things will always be gray and are typically remain that way so that you could go after and do things like that. So I totally agree with him. And there you go. He literally came out and told you. You heard it right from the horse's mouth. As you said, it's 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 vague. It's There's ambiguity there. It's, and it's a problem. But it ain't going to get fixed until we get some regulation from Congress, if we ever get it. Um, maybe we'll get some around stable coins. Who knows if we'll get it around the entire crypto industry. We'll have to wait and see what comes out. But at the end of the day, right now, what we know is that it is unclear and it is causing a problem for this industry. Anybody who cares about this industry, it's slowing it down. I care about the industry. I want to see it advance. And I know right now it's not. So I personally, being a technology guy, I'm happy to see other technology guys speak up about it. And I don't care when he speaks up about it, as long as he does. I'd like to see others as well. They need to come together. The industry needs to come together because they have to realize they are all in this together against one entity, the SEC. And if they don't come together, they're going to get their lunch eaten. I've been saying that for two years. It's unfortunate, Johnny Crypto. And I think the reality is, guys, that if the SEC doesn't change their stance on crypto, we're going to see companies like Ripple move overseas. They'll play the, right now, the United States has 40% of global GDP, right? There is the majority of the wealth in the world is within the United States. And that's why companies like Ripple, Ethereum, Cardano, they want to get in here. They want to get access to that wealth. But one of the only reasons that that wealth exists here is one, Federal Reserve, U.S. dollar, oil trade dominance, which, guys, I don't know. This is a little bit different conversation here, but this is breaking mainstream news today as the UAE officially stops using the United States dollar for oil trades. This happened yesterday. This is way worse and way more serious than anything we've talked about on our show, but we are a crypto specific channel. And I want to remind people the value of the U S dollar is against crypto. What do we value Bitcoin in cash? It's $38,000 cash. If the value of the dollar goes down assets like Bitcoin, Ethereum, Cardano, XRP, as well as other things like real estate, small businesses, these will increase in price while your food, goods, and services will also increase in price. And that's kind of what we're going through right now. I got on a little derail there, but I do want to get some thoughts, Johnny. We have to spend a little bit of time on this. The UAE officially stops using the U.S. dollar in oil trade. How big of a deal is this? Oh, Abs, this is by far the single most important story of our lives. Nobody's going to understand or appreciate this and the impact of this for until five to ten years from now. But this is the day. You can mark it on your calendar if you live in the U.S. that the, the dollar, the day, the day that America died, we're dead, we're done, we're finito. Because this is going to change the status of the U.S. dollar as a world reserve currency in years to come. And what that really means is your dollar is going to be worth way more or less than it is today. You know, what's the cost to buy a gallon of milk today? I don't know, four or five dollars, six dollars, you know. What this means is someday that's going to cost 20 or $30. That's what this means. The cost, your dollar is going to be worth peanuts. And so this is incredibly um, depressing, to be honest with you. Not good for America. Not good at all in the long run. And one of the reasons why a lot of the big boys and elites have been saying for years to get out of the dollar, to get into gold, to get into silver, get into real estate, get into assets that appreciate that that the dollar themselves won't impact because there is no other way to avoid what's gonna come next abs if you go look at historically other nations that have lost the world reserve currency every hundred years you'll see that their inflation rates have doubled tripled or quadrupled and we're headed for the same thing yeah similar like somebody says here venezuela all over again now venezuela went really really high i don't know if we'll go that high but 
it's going to be bad. Guys, in Venezuela right now, there's literally bags of money all over the street because it's not worth people's time to pick up the cash. That's how bad it can get. And it will never get, I'm going to go out on a limb here. I'm in my 20s. I never think it will get that bad in the USA. That might be hopium, but I just think there's too many brilliant minds, too many smart people who want this country to succeed. And as many nationalists there, I mean, as many globalists as there are, there's a plethora of nationalists that are excited about the USA and want to preserve what we have here. But Gonzo, I want to ask you, are you shocked by this news or in your opinion, were we already in the process of this and this was inevitable? Yeah, it seems like we were already in the process of and I'm not an economist, so I, I'd be curious to see what people like Raul Paul or Arthur Hayes have to say about this. But um, I do think it's a significant thing because what's what's held us in that standard into that world reserve currency, the biggest part of that piece was the petrodollar, was that everyone had to be in dollars in order for them to trade in oil. And that's changing now, right? And so I don't think it's going to happen overnight, but when we talk about de-dollarization, like this is a big point of it. Um, and it's kind of like the beginning of the end, unless the USA can come out with something else, right, to counter. We haven't seen the counter move yet, right? All we've seen is the de-dollarization thing and, and, and like the negative of it. We haven't seen if there's going to be a counter, right? If we're going to come up with something different, um, that remains to be seen. But, you know, yeah. this isn't going to happen overnight. But um, it is the beginning of the end and, and probably something to where maybe we go more to a basket of currencies that become the world reserve currency. Maybe the time of having a one reserve currency goes away and then it becomes more because if you think about it, like how we got here was with all the sanctions and then the way that we use the dollar, right? The way that we're able to print, um, print the dollar and print ourselves out of certain situations while it affects the rest of the world, right? It was crushing their economies. And um, so depending on where you live is depending on whether you care, right? Um, and so um, I think we're going to end up at the end with some type of kind of uh, world reserve currency that is a basket of, of currencies at the end of the day. It's an interesting time, guys. And I want to preface it by this. Somebody commented and said, the death of the U.S. dollar is not the death of the USA. I don't know if you can separate those things because what's been the success of the dollar. Remember this, guys. The U.S. dollar was originally back to gold. We made it a derivative in 1971. And what I think is disappointing is that it happened in a closed-door meeting. Nobody reacted. Now our generation has to fix this issue. We are 50 years into a fake currency where it's printed by a man in a building with no value behind it. Think about that. I know Jerome Powell. I know these players. They're huge names. But it's just a guy who's been given the right to print cash for every human being on Earth Pretty wild when you wrap your head around that, guys. We got 402 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. Let's get into something a little bit more fun and lighthearted, Johnny Crypto, because ChatGPT and Google Bard are bullish on XRP for 2024, at least according to this latest article. What to expect from XRP price when you ask ChatGPT? XRP may end this year carrying a price of $3 into 2024. Now that right there, that sentence a little bit invalidates this article for me because in the next six weeks, I seriously doubt we're going to $3. But the bullish projection implies that XRP will soar as high as 400% from its current valuation at $0.60. Cents. However, the chatbot backed up, backtracked on most of this price projection when it factored in other conditions like the progression of the Ripple versus SEC legal brawl with the recent court's judge and the impending bull run. With the new realities presented, ChatGPT gave a $2.5 price forecast for XRP by the end of this year and into 2024. To wrap up the upcoming year, ChatGPT predicts XRP will soar to $5 during this time period, a move which, if attended, 
will mark a major landmark for the digital currency in its community. On the other hand, Google Bard maintains a more conservative price target for XRP heading into 2024, with it ranging between 50 cents and $1.80 during the entire year. So I I don't know. I, I think that Google Bard's got some good information here. I don't necessarily think we're going to $3 anytime soon, but I do think we're going to be heading into that $1 territory. And if we break $1.80, who knows what could happen? It's going to get pretty exciting. What do you think, Gonzo? Uh, Johnny and then Gonzo. You know, um, this is fascinating. These these uh, these AIs, as they go out there and scan what's out there and make predictions. And who knows the algorithms behind how they're predicting this stuff. But I don't think it's inconceivable that we eventually break into the dollar somewhere into 2024. But when we hit the real bull run, you know, which usually happens about a year or so after the halving, yeah, you know, I think that we should, we better be you know, testing that $5 all time high in, in $5. I mean, frankly, that's what I've been saying is now that the monkey's off the back, you know, I want to see how XRP performs in this next bull run that we have coming up in 2024, 2025. It'll be very, very fascinating to see it. You know, you've got a lot of experts saying up to 10 to $12 if you look at the Fibonacci's. So I think anywhere between that three to twelve dollar range is 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 where a lot of people are expecting to see it happen, and I won't be surprised if we. Do. I would be kind of disappointed if we didn't get there or we didn't test it. In the next <laughs> you gotta you gotta well, there, this there, uh, go well, ahead. There no ahead more ex- well, there are no more excuses, right? Like after this, like I don't want to hear it, right? There's no more lawsuit, the regulatory clarity, exactly. the partnerships, all of it. If we don't make a significant move. Then after this, like, I just don't want to hear it anymore from the XRP army, right? Yeah. I think it's going to, I think we're going to get a significant move, right? I believe that. I think that next year mm-hmm. is the year, like, we just need the narrative to catch, right? Like, we've seen all these narrative catch. We've seen the Solana ecosystem catch. We're seeing Cosmos, like that multi-chain narrative. It's catching, right? Ethereum is lagged behind. So once, like, we just need the, the attention, once the narrative actually catches and then runs is when you're going to see the influx of money to come into it. We just haven't seen that yet. Yeah, but here's what's crazy. It's the only crypto out there with regular clarity, and it hasn't done nothing. It hasn't been rewarded for that. So that tells me until we just see a liquidity pool of money flow into this space and out of this space, nothing's going to really happen. So I don't think we're going to get anything significant. I said it from day one that I didn't even think the price would break a dollar. I thought we'd get to 80 cents, 90 cents when when won the, the lawsuits, exactly what it did. And then it kind of came crashing down again. It didn't even hold it. And so now the question is, what can it do? What's its new price discovery when that new pool of liquidity comes in? And that's really the question is when is the timing of when that money's going to come in? Right. And we have a bunch of different things happening. Got the Bitcoin ETF, we got liquidity, we got the halving, maybe the Fed lowering rates. So many things that could happen somewhere in 2024, 2025 that's going to drive it. And the question is, how high do we see it go? I agree with Gonzo. No excuse. If it can't break all-time highs and get into 5 to 10 in the next two years, boy, it's going to be ugly road for XRP in the future. I totally agree with you, Gonzo. And let me actually take a stance that many people are probably not going to think I'm going to take, guys. I agree with Johnny. I think that it's a now, it's not going to now or never type moment, but guys, when this asset moves, look at what happened last bull market. We went from a bear market of 13 cents Then we went up to 25 cents and exploded. From this point, after the SEC lawsuit was filed, we went from 17 cents to $1.90 in only four months. If we saw the same type of price action from a percentage gain, that means XRP would go from 61 cents all the way to its all-time high at about $3. And what happens when you break all-time high? 
the Fibonacci's enter the conversation, Gonzo. And I think that's what we could be on the precipice of. If we break a $3, $4 all-time high for XRP, you're going to be looking at the 2.36. You're going to be looking at the 4.18. All yep. of the, yeah, and, and these are the things that are going to matter when you're in the midst of a bull run. Two things will happen before I kick it to Gonzo. Number one, people get extra hopeful. We'll go to $3. Check your Twitter. They're saying we're going to 25 maintain the realism during that time, guys, because as you can tell, the pullbacks come just as quickly. But number two, people will be saying utility entered the market. That is another conversation I think is way too early. If XRP starts moving and we test three, five, eight, twelve dollars $12, I'm not going to call it utility. From my speculation alone, I'm going to say we're in the midst of a bull run. But Gonzo, I want to start with you before we go to Johnny. What do you think? Do you agree, disagree? What's on your mind? Oh, he froze, Johnny. Kick it uh -oh. to you. Until we get him back, kick it to you. God's just frozen in a nice moment of thought there. I like it. Uh, but hopefully we'll get him back soon. Um, but, I, you know, at the end of the day, as I said, I was like, you know, I want to go back to one thing. People were saying, you know, the death of America doesn't mean or the end of the reserve doesn't mean the death of America. That's not what I'm talking. I'm not talking about the death of America. America will always be relevant. What I'm saying is I just want to clarify this because because people don't say I, I might maybe it wasn't clear. The quality of life of an American is going to go down because your costs are going to go up significantly when that, you know, when we lose as, as no longer the world reserve currency. So uh, that, that abs is what I think is important for people to understand is it's going to be a big change for Americans. Shout out to Bob way this morning. I got to interview this guy at XRP Las Vegas. It says that Bob way algorithm is keeping the XRP price steady and stable. <laughs> <laughs> but listen, the elites, they came in, they couldn't shut you down. You are back, my friend, and the floor is yours. What's on your mind? No, uh, you know, we were, we were talking about XRP, but like you were showing on your chart, it's a series of, of higher lows, not so much higher highs. It kind of comes back down. It, it gets very explosive, right? I, and, and I think it's, you know, I, I think next year will be the year for, 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 for XRP, right? And there are a lot of different narratives that, that are going to catch fire Right now, crypto gaming is really big, right? And and so I just think uh, it just needs a little bit of time, right? But like right now, like for now, like I've been just swing trading it, right? And, and then just trying to accumulate more XRP, right? Because like you could see that it's up and down, up and down, up and down, right? You could draw a trend line, it breaks, you take your profit, come down, same thing over and over and over again. Spot swing, better, better, better swing. <laughs> That's it. Hold on, Donnie. And what does XRP, or sorry, what does Waters Above always say about XRP? This is a trader's coin, not it. a hodler's coin. So he shout out to Gonzo doubling down there. We got yeah. 413 live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. And believe it or not, we still got a bunch of great conversations to have during this episode. And I think the place that I'd like to start is this DBS article that I found on Twitter from another one of our friends, Chad Steingrabber here. It said, all of these companies connect to XRP. And what's he referring to? This is another update. Look at the visual, guys. Every single one of these companies are connected to Ripple. Not only are they working with Ripple, not only have they had positive conversations, the actual utility is beginning to enter the market. We've got SBI, HSBC, UBS, the Bank of International Settlements, Standard Charter. All of these companies are now getting into tokenization. And lucky for us, they're talking about Ripple. Ripple is helping them actually get involved in this process. And this is the latest document out of DBS, Gonzo. It says, digital currency exchange, cryptocurrency trading that will facilitate spot exchanges from fiat currencies to cryptos and vice versa. The DBS digital exchange will offer exchange services between four fiat currencies. And then they go and list the Japanese yen, Hong Kong, so on. 
and four of the most established cryptocurrencies as well, namely Bitcoin, Ethereum, Bitcoin Cash, and XRP. Now, the reason I think that's so important is because XRP facilitates this at the best rate. This is what it's built for. If you're going to transfer value, if you're going to go from the US dollar into the euro and then back into the US dollar, let's say, you're not going to use Bitcoin. You know, I think even the most simple people understand that you're going to use one of these currencies and actually rather use Bitcoin cash. So what do you think, Gonzo? And then we'll talk about, uh, then we'll kick it to Johnny. You know, that was, that's what XRP was built for, right? It was built to move value, to move money quickly, right? So it's the most efficient, right? And then when we talk about like tokenization of assets and what they're building on the XRP ledger, um, you know, the, the use cases just keep, you know, piling up. Um, I think it's, you know, uh, it just hasn't directly related to price action, but uh, I think that's more effects of of the market and where we're at in the cycle. Like I said this before, when Bitcoin decides to move, the rest of the market will move, right? When that spot ETF gets approved, right, and Bitcoin runs, then the next kind of narrative is probably going to be the Ethereum spot ETF, and then money will pull into that. But then once we get those products, it's not a, a, a big jump to start looking at other products that could involve XRP, right? Yep. Uh, uh, and XRP futures, XRP spot some kind of trust that has like all different ISO tokens. I can see that coming. So, you know, we just got to get it one step at a time. Absolutely. Johnny, there's a couple of questions we got to address in the live chat. First of all, this person said, can you have Mickey B fresh on the guest as a show? I'll reach out to him on Twitter guys. I've actually watched some of this guy. He's a pretty cool, cool cat. Another thing I want to say, Johnny, is somebody asked in the live chat. And I think this is a great question here. It says the DXY is diving hard right now. Do you believe this is in correspondence to the news that we just read earlier. So obviously the DXY is what measures the value of the dollar. They say right now, it's a falling missile. What do you think? Could it be the UAE news? Yeah, of course. That's part of it for sure. No doubt about it. I mean, it's huge. And normally when the DXY goes down, crypto goes up. They're usually inverse of each other. Um, So, you know, money flowing out of one and into the other. But yeah, there's no question about it that I would think that that would have an impact on it considering the significance of the only thing that kept the dollar as the world reserve when it came off of the gold standard was the petrodollar. That was it. That's everybody. You said it earlier, or one of you guys said it, you had to buy oil in dollars. And so every country needed to hold oil. I mean, um, dollars to buy their oil. And now you don't need to do that anymore. And that, that is going to be a significant, significant impact to Americans everywhere in the next five to 10 years are going to see you. We're all going to feel the pain of this move today, five to 10 years from now, it's going to be ugly. Well, Johnny, speaking of feeling the pain, the live chat spoke up and they agree with your boy abs here. 53% of the 111 votes agreed with abs, but you know what, say, abs? it's very considering close. How much, let me just say this, considering how much our audience hates Cardano and Charles, to get 46%, that's a win in my eye. You know Sorry, what, man? I'm going to say this. Whatever helps you sleep at night, I can't complain. Right. But what I will say oh, is I that win, that was a last-minute buzzer beater. That was a last-minute three-point shot over the top. 53% yeah. over Johnny's 46. But, Johnny, you're brilliant. I'll let you take the center stage. One of the things that we got to talk about before the end of the show, guys, is XRP was mentioned by Grayscale as a number one contender for cross-border payments. And just because we're short on time, I can't run you through the whole article. But what I think is so important about this is it's finally entering the chat. We're talking about XRP utility with companies inside the USA and a company like Grayscale addressing this. That's very important, Gonzo. We've covered this many times on our show. They currently own 72 million XLM, first of all. But second of all, before Ripple was sued by the SEC, they actually had filed for an XRP trust product 
But once the lawsuit came, they removed it, removed all the paperwork and sold the $11.5 million worth of XRP they accumulated into the open market. So I do think there's going to be a day now with clearer regulation where companies like Grayscale are excited to leverage XRP. Do you agree? I just want to know yeah. why. Uh, wait, 100%. I know no, why sorry. Not, Go ahead. I want to know why you're not mad at Grayscale. They they dropped your baby so fast like a hot potato. Because Grayscale's not it. pretending they're a good guy. This is my whole thing with Charles. Charles is not a good guy. Charles is just defending himself. He literally has a water gun on the back okay. of his neck. And now he's finally <laughs> speaking up for Cardano. That's my point. Right Grayscale. Ver, Verhoofty just summed up that poll in one sentence. I love you, brother. You're absolutely right. This is but, hey, this is why I'm a Solana Maxi. <laughs> <laughs> Says the ETH Maxi. No, no, no. We don't do that over here, guys. No ETH Maximalist in the chat. But the title of today's episode was XRP and ADA holders. Ooh. It's time to unite. And I think we all agree. Cardano should not be regulated by the SEC. That's not what me and Johnny are debating. Right. What we're debating is. Why is Charles all of a sudden speaking up like he's a good guy in the industry? And I'm telling you, it's because the the I want to I, I got the gun is on his back is what I'm saying. It is time to speak or it is time to fall. It's human. It's human nature, though, right? Like that. I mean, exactly. that, that's that's human nature, right? Thank so he's not he's not doing anything different. You know, it would have taken a certain kind of personality type to to step up and, and speak out before, just like none of them did, right? Coinbase. None of them. They were the first to delist. Like Uphold is the only one that in their own way defended XRP and didn't delist it, right? And so exactly. I think that a lot of people feel loyalty to Uphold and they reap the rewards, even though if you think about it, like with the way they do their tier system, it kind of sucks because you could buy a crypto and not be able to move it off of their platform, right? But because they, they, they supported XRP, I think they get a lot of grace because of that. So I think it's all just kind of human nature, man. Definitely. And I do think you make a good point. It takes a certain personality type to speak up. And the only reason, Johnny, make this, there's no confusion here. The only reason I'm going after, or I guess being slightly critical of Charles here is because he's masking himself as a good guy speaking up for the whole industry. And I'm saying that's disingenuous. That's not what's happening. Where did he say he was a good guy? Who, who, who came up with, I don't think he's a good guy. No one says he's a good guy. He's just being, he's defending himself because he's being attacked. And as Gonzo said, that's what humans do. If somebody attacked you or somebody attacked me, you would most likely speak up for yourself, right? That doesn't make you a good or bad guy. I don't, I'm not saying Charles is good. I'm just saying I'm glad that he's speaking up. That's all I think. That's how I look at it. Maybe you're looking at it as, well, because he's speaking up now, he wants to be a good guy. I ain't looking at it that way. I'm saying, you know what? We need more voices to speak up against the SEC. And so for me, that's what I like about it. Whether he's good or bad, that's indifferent to me. I'm not judging him that way. Just speak up for the industry. That's what the industry needs. That's what I'm looking at. So maybe I'm thinking about it differently compared to you. Once again, I think we agree on the majority of it. I think my confusion was that people are acting like Charles is now on the good side. I got I listen to guys like Tony Edward, Brad Kimes, and uh, Crypto Eddie. What are they saying? They're saying he's just protecting himself. He's just speaking up like Johnny said. But I guess Johnny's perspective is slightly different from mine. At the end of the day, this was an amazing chat. And we got 385 yes, live listeners joining us. Show us some love. Smash that like button. We're going to close the show out today by saying thank you. Thank you to Johnny. Thank you to Gonzo. And thank you to the live chat yourself. We almost started this thing all over. But we'll see you guys in 23 hours. And like we always say, Warriors, rise. Get your shit together, baby. Thank you for joining us. Let's go. Let's go.